Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Timaeus. Come on, you remember back when you were a kid? Some of you maybe not uh, just not old enough to remember these commercials, but I believe it was Prego. You know, they, they would advertise the spaghetti sauce, and they had their motto, and it says, It's in there. You know, they would taste it, and like, Ooh, that's so good. It's in there. It's in there. Come on, God's in you. Come on, the greater one's on the inside of you. Therefore, we ought to look at life as though there's nothing that can stop us, nothing that can hold us back, because the greater one's on the inside. Amen. And so we're going to learn how to prime the pump and get out of us what's in us and allow God to use us in a big way. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, why don't you open up your Bibles this morning to John chapter 4. We'll get there in just a moment, but just for the sake of getting you ready and primed and Ready to go, we'll just give you a heads up. John chapter 4 and also in John chapter 7, if you have your Bibles, I'll pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to just share the word of God. We thank you, God, that our eyes are being opened and enlightened, that, God, we are coming to see and know you more as who you really are and who you are in us. And we give you all the thanks and all the praise. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, when you think about priming the pump, uh, one of the things that comes to mind, and again, you'll see the example up there, is this the old relic of the water pump. Do you remember that? And once again, some of you in here might even think, what in the world is that thing? That is a water pump. In fact, I can remember when I was a little boy, we would go up to my grandfather's cottage, and uh, everything was real rustic. There wasn't any plumbing inside of the house. Or, in fact, there was an outhouse that you had to walk to. And so we would have to go somewhere to pump water into jugs. And I can remember thinking as a kid, that looks so fun. You know, just cranking on that thing, and Dad makes it look so easy. And so you just couldn't wait to get your opportunity to step up and start pumping water. And before too long, he's like, I'm tired. Take it over, Dad. I don't want to. He's like, no, keep going. Keep going. But you remember if you primed the pump, or I should say if you used that type of pump to get water, there was never water that came out on the first few pumps. You had to prime the pump to get water to come up. And you had to exert a little bit of effort to prime the pump or to get what was down there to come out, right? Aren't you glad that we live in modern era times that we don't have to pump our water anymore? Man, I'm so glad for that. In fact, last year, uh, my wife and I, we had to replace our well at our house. And uh, it was just kind of an ordeal because, you know, when it comes to uh, replacing your well, uh, it's kind of costly. You know what I mean? And so when we began to see the signs that something was going on, I was real reluctant to do anything about it because I knew that there was a cost that was involved. And so I began to let it linger as much as I could. And along the way, I had to make adjustments because of what was taking place with my well. And so we let that linger on for about a year. And through the time of of that duration of that year, the water pressure began to dissipate a little bit. And then we started seeing signs of of dirt and stuff in the water. 
I only made the kids drink that. I had bottled water. So they're still alive, man. <laughs> makes them healthy. Isn't that what your parents said? Dirt, dirt makes you healthy. Builds up your immune system, right? <laughs> so, But anyways, we started seeing the signs in the water itself. And then out in the front yard, we started seeing the water bubble up out in the front yard. And it finally got to that place of saying, we need to get a new well, or at least we need to call on this. And they came and they said, yep. You definitely need a new well. The signs that it's distributing or that you're showing, it's not just a quick fix. We can't put a Band-Aid on it. We can't just do something to, to fix what's going on. We have to dig a new well. And so I was like, okay, if that's what we ought to do. Well, so then within just a matter of a few weeks, they came out and they began to dig. And so they bring this big equipment out and they begin to dig a well. And they go down roughly 200 feet down into the ground. What are they looking for? In fact, for that matter, we had water. It was just the system that was bringing or drawing the water up wasn't working properly anymore. That which was drawing the water up was not doing what it needed to do. So therefore, we had to dig a new well. And upon doing so, they began to tap into the rivers underneath. Do you realize that's where the water comes from? There's actually rivers in the ground, way down, that you tap into. And so I want to talk about how do we tap into the rivers? How do we draw out the waters that are deep within? If you have your Bibles there, in John chapter 4, verse 13, if you remember, again, for the sake of time, just setting you up for this story, this was the story where Jesus was at the well and he speaks to the Samaritan woman and he says to her, will you give me a drink? And she was astonished that her being a Samaritan woman, someone that was undesirable for the Jews to speak with, she was astonished that he would ask her for a drink. And then Jesus responds in verse 13. He says, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, speaking of the natural well. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never, never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Jesus said people are thirsty. People are desiring for life. And he says you might come to this natural well and have need of a drink, but you'll thirst again. He says, but I've got something. Actually, I am a well of life, of well springs, that if you ask of me of a drink, I'll give you a drink and you'll never thirst again. Aren't you glad that you can go home and turn the tap on and your well or the rivers that are deep within don't run dry? In fact, really, you exercise your faith every time you go to the faucet and don't even realize it. You are faith giants. Come on, I want you to hear that. You are faith giants and you don't even realize it. Because every day you exercise faith without even thinking about it. And when it comes to just going to the faucet, you exercise childlike faith and just expect it to be there. Isn't that awesome? Well, if I can begin to exercise my faith in those areas of things that are unseen, things that are deep down, things that are just, that have been tapped into, and I have the ability to draw them out, 
Well, praise God, I've got the faith to begin to expect God and see God do other things in my life and produce life in my life because he said he is the life. And he says these springs, they'll spring up, they'll become fountains within. And then John chapter 7, he makes a very similar reference. In verse 37, it says, In the last day or on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Come on, he said, if you believe in me as the scriptures have said, how many of you believe that Jesus is the the, the one that's come to save us of our sin? He is the one that's came to make a way of escape. Because you believed in the scripture and received him, you have allowed him to come into your heart. And upon receiving him, the Bible says that rivers came with him. And within you are rivers. But how many of you know that the river that is within, if you've received Christ into your life, there was a great cost for those rivers that are in you. It came at a great cost for you to experience life. It came at a great cost for you to say, God, I'm thirsty. Will you quench the thirst that I have in my life? He said, if you're thirsty, just come. Well, if you've ever received Jesus into your heart, if you've ever said, God, forgive me of my sins, come into my life, there was a portion or a time or a season in your life where you were thirsty. You may not have equated it to that. You might have said, well, yeah, I'm thirsty. No, you just knew that there was a void on the inside. And Jesus said, I'll come and I'll fill that void. And upon him filling that void, the Bible says that in you comes rivers when my wife in fact she was ministering or has been ministering on this on wednesday nights and so i just kind of piggybacked and stole some of her material because it was so good but last week when she was reading that particular scripture it leaped off the page and it stirred my heart so because it doesn't say that when jesus comes into your heart you have a river he says rivers there's rivers On the inside of you. Are you getting this? And again, it's spiritually speaking. But what does a river do? A river brings life. Wherever there is a river, it always produces life. From the natural sense. A a river will always produce and create life. And a river is always moving. Sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's really fast. A river is alive and a river produces life. What happens when the river stops? The waters become stagnant. When waters become stagnant, it starts to produce death. So God says, I want there to be something moving on the inside. I don't want you to get stagnant. I don't want you to be still. I want you to keep moving and allow this life to be stirred on the inside of you. And when we begin to look at those rivers, what are those rivers? Once again, rivers bring life, but it implicates or uh, uh, shows us that there is the multifacetedness of who God is. Jesus came to bring us salvation, but in salvation, there was provision. In his salvation, There's healing. 
In his salvation, there's deliverance. In his salvation, there is protection. In Jesus, when he comes, he brings with him everything that he came to give us life for and set us free from. Amen. There's rivers of life on the inside. Now, to begin to help you see that a little more clearly or what that does or what it is for and in us, I want to bring your attention to Hebrews chapter 6, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 15 and 16. It says this in verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, speaking of Jesus, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Now, I wanted to set you up with that because notice, first of all, he says, when we come to God, he says, Jesus, the one that came, the one that he says, if you'll come and ask of me to give you a drink, I'll give you life. But right here, what he says is that every single one of us were sinners at one time. We were apart from God. But because of the grace and the mercy of God, we have the ability to come and obtain and receive from Him and receive life. Rather than the death of sin, we can receive the life that Jesus came to give. But notice He says that we can come boldly into His presence. That's significant. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. Because the Bible makes reference of this place. You doing okay this morning? Ezekiel chapter 47. And for the sake of time, I'll just kind of catch you up to speed starting in verse 1. But the Bible says that God led him... To the temple. And in the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, where the temple was, was the very place where the presence of God was. Before Jesus, the Holy Spirit or the life of God did not dwell within man. But the very presence of God dwelt within the temple. And the Bible says that when God led him to the temple, he said, I saw from the temple waters coming from the temple. He said, waters came underneath of the gate and they ran to the east, they ran to the west, they ran to the north and they, to the south. These waters came from the temple. The Bible says that being a child of God, you are the temple. You are the temple. And so to bring a correlation or connecting the dots from the presence of God to what takes place on the inside of you. Notice what it goes on to say here in verse verse 6. He says, And said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the, the bank of the rivers. When I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the east, eastern region goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, everywhere the river goes, will live. 
There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. So did you notice, first of all, in the first few verses, the waters that are coming from the temple, he makes reference to them or he calls them waters. But as we drop down, he says these waters are actually rivers. Verse 10. And it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from, from En Gedi and En Galim and, uh, and they will be placed for... And they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be on the same will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea. Exceedingly many. Verse 11. But its swamps and its marshes will not be healed. They will not be given over to the salt. Let's stop there. As we begin to see this here, the Bible says that from the presence of God or the temple of God, these rivers began to move and begin to flow. These rivers are the same rivers that are on the inside of you when you receive Christ. There's a couple different things that we see here concerning this. Number one, you were once a sinner, but these waters touched your life because of the grace and the mercy of God. Come on, the mercy of God saw you beyond your fallen state. Beyond your mess-ups and your mistakes. Aren't you glad? Come on, I am my own worst critic. And there's things that I begin to think and talk to myself about. And I beat myself up many times. But God sees me beyond what I see myself being. He sees me through what Jesus came to do. Because of the rivers of life that are on the inside of me. The mercy of God. You cannot escape God's mercy. And you can't escape the grace. Because with his mercy comes the grace. And you may say, I don't feel like I can do it. I don't feel like I have the strength. That's what the grace is for. The grace is the empowerment to help you do what you don't think you can do yourself. Well, God, I can't get this fixed in my life. Yes, you can because there's grace. You don't have to do it. Just rely in and yield yourself and give yourself to the waters of the grace of God on the inside. And say, God, I can't do it, but you can help me do it. Because the grace or the power is on the inside. Amen. The reason that the life of God is on the inside of you is because of the love of God. And I know that there's people that you feel like you can't forgive. There's people like you feel like you can't love. There's people that you feel like you can't let back in your life. Listen, the grace of God, the love of God can begin to help restore relationships. Bring those things to pass. Restore those things that were once dead. Amen. We see that these waters... Are really salvation. And you'll find that once. Or first of all. You received this life. From these waters. And became a believer. But did you notice that the Bible says. That these rivers flow. From the temple. And the rivers flow. Excuse me. Flow into the sea. Anytime the Bible speaks of the sea. In specific situations. Seas refers to people. So the temple of God is on the inside of you. And there's waters that are flowing out of you that produce life. So in other words, what God's saying is that I want you to be a conduit to reach people that don't know me. There's life on the inside of you. There's rivers on the inside of you. And these rivers are to go and begin to produce healing and restoration in my family. 
it goes on to say this. It says that, that when it came to these waters, these waters produced healing. And it says as a result, it produced all kinds of fish. Well, first of all, God, Jesus says, I'll make you fishers of men. So he likens people unto fish. But did you notice that it said it talked about fishermen casting their nets? What does that mean? First of all, or I should say in addition to, when you have fishermen that are catching lots of fish, what does that do to your life? It produces income or provision for your life, right? It sustains you. So again, we see that there's salvation. We see that there's healing. Then we also see that God is, brings provision. And then just a few verses down later, it says that these waters or these rivers came and began to produce trees that produce fruit. Once again, speaking of provision. And what do trees do? Trees produce covering or protection. So it's a symbol or it's a picture of everything that Jesus came to do and produce through you because now these rivers flow from the temple of God which is on the inside of you. And so therefore there is life that has the opportunity to flow from each and every one of us. Once again, why? To produce life into somebody else's life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, but now that you have life, go give life. Now, to provide life, Jesus had to prime the pump. To prime the pump, it costs something. And it cost Jesus his life. But it was worth it. In him priming the pump or making the sacrifice, it produced salvation, healing, restoration, protection, and provision. Now he said that same life is in you. Go give it. Concerning these rivers, once you take a drink, isn't it interesting how now you become a well yourself? I said, once you take a drink and receive life, you become a well. And this is what is exciting for me as a pastor when you begin to see people that have come over and begun to see all that Jesus came to give. It's exciting when people receive Christ for the first time and all of a sudden they're experiencing life. You can see it on their face. You can hear it in their voice. Life has changed. But all too often what we end up seeing is people get fat and happy. Wow, it's so good being a Christian. I'm going to heaven. Woo, it's so good how good God takes care of me. Oh, praise the Lord. And we get fat and happy. We come to church, and we're like, oh, can you give me some more, pastor? Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I love hearing about that. And we just keep getting fatter. And we keep keep getting more complacent in what Jesus came to do for us. But we fail to understand that everything that he came to do for you, he wants to also do through you. Why? Because now the rivers are in you. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying today? Do you know, have you seen that person that when they receive Christ, their whole countenance changed? Come on, these these rivers of life ought to do something to you that when you get out into the marketplace, when you go to work, when you go to Walmart, when you get out there, something ought to be expressed from you. Come on, my, my, my kids, they, 
they, their, their mom just bought them these stuffed little squishy toys for, for the, the, the pool. And the whole thing about them is, is that they absorb water. And so you can throw these things and they'll just soak you when they hit you. Why? Because they're so full. They absorb the water. If Jesus is on the inside of you, you are full. And there's rivers in you. And when people get around you, they ought to get splashed on by you and me. When you smile, life comes out. When you talk, there ought to be something in your voice. Life comes out of your voice. Stop it. (laughs) You're making fun of me. Come on, when you look at somebody, there ought to be something that shines from you. When you shake somebody's hand, it ought to get them wet because of rivers that are coming out of you. Are you here this morning? There ought to be something different about you when you get out there where people say, there's something about you that this is different than everybody else. But isn't it interesting how too many believers talk like everybody else? Mm, I got sound in your voice. Oh, it's been so rough. Oh, I got to come to church today and serve. Oh. So hard serving Jesus. No, it's not hard serving Jesus. It's fun serving Jesus. It's good serving Jesus. It's a good life to live. There's life that is available to us. And it ought to be flowing through us. Amen. Because there's rivers on the inside of us. I said there's rivers. And just as though it's dangerous for us to get fat and happy, if we're not careful, these rivers can get dammed up. There's little beavers that will come. They'll bring a stick of worry. They'll bring a log log of anxiety. They'll bring another log that is unforgiveness, a log of bitterness. And before you know it, there's been a flow that has been stopped on the inside and you become stagnant. Why do believers become so so much whiners or so many uh, believers are whiners? Because we've allowed the flow of life to get dammed up on the inside. Rivers move. Rivers produce life. If you're not experiencing life, let's get the dam unclogged. Let's get the waters moving again. How do I do that? I got to prime the pump. And we're going to begin to talk about that in just a little bit in the next few weeks. Amen? In Ezekiel chapter 47, it says, It shall be that fishermen will stand by and it says that they will be placed for spreading their there will be places for them to spread their nets. Their fish will be the same kind of the fish in the great sea, exceedingly many. Listen, folks, there's a lot of fish out there. And Jesus said, We're fishers of men. There's an exceedingly many. There is so much life in this room right now. You're a river, you're a river, you're a river. And we got rivers on the inside of us. There ought to be so much stirring in this place. There ought to be so much life in this place that people can't stand but to come here. Come on, see it that way. Come on, there's people that will will seek out rivers that are just rapids because it's so much joy and so much fun and so, so exciting to go down this whitewater rapids. And they'll spend big money for people to take them down it. Why? Because it's exhilarating. Life with Jesus is exhilarating. 
Come on, we had some guys that are in this room. One of the guys, he's a, getting ready to be married. I don't see him here this morning. But they went up on a bachelor party. Man, I like those kind of bachelor parties where they go, they go fishing. That was, a, that was a good kind of bachelor party. Sorry I missed that one. But they showed me the pictures. All kinds of fish. Man, when you're catching fish, you want to go fishing. I mean, you may not even like fishing, but when you're catching a lot of fish, you like to go fishing. Take me fishing. I want to go fishing. Even if you don't like fishing, you like maybe like to eat fish, right? Listen, when, when the catching is good, it's fun. There's a lot of people that need to be caught. There's enough life in this room to make a difference. Amen? Let me just share this with you in closing. When it comes to rivers, rivers are produced... Or I should say it this way. When rivers dry up, rivers begin to flow again when the rains come. The dew point is the temperature at which the moisture in the air begins to form into water droplets. And the droplets fall as rain. This also happens in the morning. Where we wake up in the morning and see the dew on the ground. You know what I'm talking about? The dew point is the invisible reality of the airborne water that becomes a reality. What does that mean? There is water in the air. And we don't see it. But when the conditions are right and the dew point rises, the invisible water in the air that is a reality, bonds together and produces a visible reality. And it begins to rain. And it produces rivers. There is an invisible reality on the inside of each and every one of us. And there is enough rain and enough rivers on the inside of us to turn Genesee Valley the greater area, upside down. There is enough life in this room, in each and every one of us, to turn this greater Flint area around. If we'll just allow the invisible reality of who God is in us and make the kingdom of God a reality. Will you all stand? Listen, I'm challenging you this morning. It's real easy to become fat, happy, satisfied Christians. But if you stay fat and happy long enough, you'll become stagnant. And stagnation produces death. God wants us to experience life, but He wants us to be a conduit. And just as I said, When people get around you, they ought to get wet. Three days ago, I fertilized my lawn. And I had to do it early in the morning because I was using weed and feed. And so when you spread the weed and feed on the lawn, it sticks to the dew that's on the weeds. After I got done doing my entire lawn, my feet were saturated. They were soaked. Was it raining? Nope. 
It was just the dew that was on the grass. God wants us to get so full, so saturated of the life of God on the inside that we become carriers of that life and that people just begin to get wet because they hang around us. The life of God changed in their lives. Amen? Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to stir you this morning. Some of you may just be going through the motions of life. You might be thinking that life has become stagnant. Life has been difficult. Stop looking at the circumstance. Stop allowing the thoughts to build dams in your life. Get out of your own way and begin to be a conduit to let God use you and produce life in the life of somebody else. And you will begin to experience life. You might be here this morning and you've said, I've walked away from God. I'm backslidden. I'm not walking with God like I, I, I need to. And I'm just really struggling. Then prime the pump right now and say, God, forgive me. And the moment you say, God, forgive me, here comes a gusher and life and rivers begin to flow again. It's just that easy. It's just that simple. So, Father, I pray for every person that's in this place this morning. I thank you that there are rivers of life on the inside of us. Rivers of healing. Rivers of provision. Rivers of deliverance. Rivers of salvation that we have the ability to disperse. So, God, use us. Use us to bring life. And God, we thank you for the life we've experienced and are continuing to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just worship God one last time before we leave. Amen. Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.